Hello, and welcome to RD and the Inbetweens. I'm your host, Kelly Priest, and every fortnight I talk to a different guest about researchers, development, and everything in between. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of RD and the Inbetweens. I'm your host Kelly Priest and today we've got another compilation episode for you. So a number of you have been asking to do an episode on corrections, so corrections after you've had your viva. So I have spoken to recent graduates about both minor and major corrections and for this episode I'm going to be talking to Connor, Daniela and Edward about their minor corrections. Yeah, so my name's Connor. I used to um, study, at, uh, well, I did a PhD of cell biology at Exeter University um, between 2015 and 2019, um, and then came out into the COVID-19 job market um, and have now found a job in medical communications where I'm writing uh, for an agency in London. So the, I guess the first question is, um, what was your Viva experience like and, and what did you get in terms of corrections afterwards? Yeah, so um, my vibe was actually a really good uh, experience, actually. Um, I was always told that old adage that um, it's the only time that anyone's going to be really interested about your work. So you should enjoy it because you're never going to get as many questions about your work um, again. So, yeah, mine was, um, mine was really good. I had a really good external um, assessor and a good internal assessor. And I think the whole process took around two and a half to three hours for my viva. Um, corrections were minor corrections, um, which was which was good because you always have that worry going in, you know, like how much am I going to have to actually do on top of this? Um, but it was really things like, um, you know, adding in more sections of things they wanted included. So I had to put those in, um, remove certain figures or change figure legends. And then most of it was kind of grammatical and um, yeah, just punctuation and capitals and things like that. So it wasn't actually too much, uh, which was, which was great. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's reassuring for people that to hear that minor really does mean minor. Um, you know, it's it's has to be stuff that can get done within within three months. But for many people, it's stuff that can be done within a couple of days. Yeah. When, when you see minor and you actually see what the revisions are, you're like, actually, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So <laughs> it's not yeah. as bad. Yeah. And I was going to say, how were the revisions and the corrections communicated to you? Um, so it was quite nerve wracking when I went into my Viva because, of, of course, like I did it in the time before COVID where we did it all um, with physical copies and in person. Um, and you see your examiners come in with a copy of your thesis that is just absolutely covered in post-it notes. And you're like, oh, my God, like, was there that much wrong with it? Um, a lot of it is um, comments that they have or things that they want to touch upon. But I, I think when I received my final um, set of corrections, it very much was... Um, you know, a kind of a table of how the whole thing went and my kind of like overall um, satisfactory or like the, the, the kind of comments that they had about the Viva process. And then underneath was a list of like um, what page number there was and then what needed changing on what line and things like that. So it's very much, it's very quick to do because it all corresponds to, um, yeah, to, to specific pages. So you can just quickly whiz through it and, and um, find the bits that they're talking about and correct them. And I think, again, that's another thing that causes people anxiety. It's that sense of, well, you know, am I going to be in the dark about what it is they actually want, want me to do? Whereas actually, examiners tend to be pretty specific and prescriptive about what, what the changes are that they want you to make. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it was um, unfair at all in what they said. And I think everything was quite clearly uh, put across. But I think you've also got to remember that, that they're not looking for excuses to fail you. They're, they're looking for a lot of reasons to pass you. Um, and, uh, you know, they want you to do the best that you can. And that really came across in the discussions that we had. They were really encouraging. They really wanted to encourage a great discussion and really kind of tease into the knowledge that I had and allow it to come out. And they're not trying to trick you, which I think is another thing. You know, a lot of people think that it's, it's like a good cop, bad cop routine when you go in. They were both, you know, really pleasant in my experience, um, really wanted to talk about the science. And I think everything that they gave me as corrections was um, entirely fair. And yeah, they were incredibly transparent, which was good. So. And um, how did you a a approach that period or, or the kind of time you took to undertake those corrections? Did you just kind of print off a list and tick them off as you went through or you know how how did you go actually go about it yeah so I think um I did what most people did and came out of the viva and was like oh my god thank god that's done um it, I, my viva was in November so I, I was very much like I'll um I'll have Christmas and I'll, and I'll sit on these for a bit and um you know I'll, I'll, I'll do it in the in the new year but I think it's, it's fair to say as well that um there was an element of burnout that I was kind of experiencing um, after my PhD. I think like um, you, you, you're always operating at an incredibly high level for, I think my, my PhD was for four years and you're always operating at like maximum, operating at mass, uh, maximum capacity. Um, and uh, yeah, you get, you, you finally finish and you know, everyone tells you, oh, you've got to submit your thesis and then you submit your thesis and then you've got to have a viva and then you have your viva. And even then it's, it's still not over. So mentally it was kind of like, when when is the final bits you know and and when you get to the corrections that is very much the, the final the section but i think mentally for me is um you just never really see the end in sight because every time you have an ending there's another bit to be done and uh to to approach the corrections yeah i had the list um went through ticked them off um made sure that everything was like absolutely perfect before sending it back and then even when you send them back you, you you're like oh will my examiners agree with the corrections that I've made or um you know there's still an element of uncertainty it wasn't until I actually got my certificate in the post that um I could actually kind of relax a bit and be like oh it's 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 over you know it's done <laughs> so. and did you hear quite quickly that your corrections have been accepted the whole process is very quick actually um so I submitted my thesis in September my viva was in November um I submitted my corrections in January and I think a week later I uh, got an email saying that it had all been approved by the Senate of the university and my PhD would be awarded. So it, I, I kind of looked back on that and I was like, I don't know why it took me so long to, to do that because it could have all been done before the new year. But I think, yeah, you've got to have that kind of aspect of mentally, you've also got to do what's right for you as well. Um, and you have three months yeah. to turn them around. So, yeah. And I think that that's, that's really, really important, actually, that you recognise that the kind of the impact of the burnout and that you've got three months, it doesn't make any difference to anybody other than you, you know, if you submit <laughs> within a week or within at the end, right at the end of those three months, it's how you manage your time, depending on what other responsibilities you have, or, you know, what other pressures you have, but also, you know, your, your well-being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the, the, probably a take home message from this, I think, is, you know, look after yourself first. And I was very lucky to have supervisors that kind of agreed with me on that and um, very supportive through that whole process. So, uh, My name is Daniela Lazaro Pacheco and uh, right now I work as a postdoctoral research assistant at the engineering department. Um, 
my research is currently focused on the study of the intervertebral disc in order to uh, improve the testing for new therapies that eventually will lead to uh, treat degeneration in the spine and uh, low back pain. So I did my VIVA back in 2019. It was quite a good experience, I would say. Uh, fortunately, the outcome of my VIVA, was I, I passed with minor corrections. Once, the VIVA, uh, once uh, we completed the VIVA, my VIVA lasted uh, almost three hours. I, they mentioned that they will send a report with all the notes uh, and the recommendations for me to uh, to make the corrections. And what I received was a very detailed list that it was numbered uh, with very specific parts to be uh, corrected on my thesis. More than content, it was a little bit of editing, a little bit of going into more detail, uh, having some explanations and very little technical corrections in terms of the content of what I uh, wrote for my dissertation or for my thesis. I waited around a month for my list of corrections. To be honest, I, I thought it was quite a long process and I emailed asking where I'm going to receive this. Uh, in that case, it's a little bit tricky as well because I am I, I was an international student back then. So all these processes linked to my visa and my times in order to apply or go back to my country or where my uh, where I'm allowed to take any extra work as well. So times is also uh, something that um, you should pay attention and if that's something that you're worried about that like you communicate that with your department that's probably my recommendation there so i received this uh document word with as i mentioned a number list uh in my case they were around 20 lines so 20 corrections as i mentioned before they were very specific in terms of uh line 16 uh page um, number of the page, number of the paragraph, and then a little bit description of what they wanted for that paragraph to change, or what they want, if they require more detail, if they want, uh, if they say it wasn't clear enough, that it, the content was okay based on our discussion on the Bible, but it requires some rewriting, also, or some rewording. In some cases, they ask uh, part of my conclusions to add content and be more explicit on my suggestions and recommendations for future work. So I will say some of them were very editorial that were very easy to address. And in terms of content, they were, uh, they were quite descriptive of what they expected based on our discussion. I mentioned that there were around 20 corrections on this list. There were two pages on our Word document. So even where there were quite a lot of corrections suggested there, they were easy to address and they were uh, briefly but clearly descriptive. It took me around probably three hours to do the whole corrections. So in my case, it was very simple. Even when it took me three hours, which I was very glad once the process, I spent a month before receiving this, a little bit of adding a little bit of stress and anxiety and just thinking how long this is going to take. Even when I have the three months and they were more than enough. And even because I was applying for different visas and I was checking what my opportunities were in terms of jobs, um, I waited till the last week to submit my corrections. So I sent the I sent the, the corrections to my internal examiner through an email. It was quite a very informal but clear process to follow there. 
Hello, my name is Edward Mills. I am a lecturer in medieval studies uh, here at the University of Exeter and I uh, completed my viva in October 2020. So can you tell us a little bit about your corrections? So you've got minor corrections, is that correct? That's correct, yes, minor corrections. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about how your examiners talked to you about your corrections in the viva? So my examiners gave me minor corrections at the end of my viva. They were very helpful, actually, in distinguishing both in the viva and in the report they sent to me afterwards. Uh, thesis corrections, which would need to be completed in order for the thesis to be uh, accepted on, on revision. Uh, and then possible future corrections if the thesis were to be, say, published as a book. They made it clear that the corrections to have the thesis accepted, so the first part of those two, were fairly minor, but they were clear from uh, from the end of the thesis, on, from the end of the viva onwards. So when you say they were fairly minor, yeah. can you elaborate on what that is? Because I think for a lot of people, you know, and, and until they go through it, they don't actually know what what minor corrections entail. So minor corrections for me meant corrections that could be achieved within a period of about three months. So my viva was in October and I had until I think mid-January to actually submit those corrections. Um, I'm actually looking now at the spreadsheet I made with all of the corrections uh, that I was given on it. And they ranged from uh, picking out particularly unclear or problematic single phrases that I've used. Uh, so I've got one example here which says simply um, I've talked about reductive modern understandings and I was asked to unpack that a bit, make it a bit clearer what that precisely meant. Another example of something similar to that, uh, I was asked to uh, provide my definition of the term didactic. However broad it might be, I just used that term and left it hanging and I was asked to, to clarify that slightly. So we're talking about really, really specific things. Yes, I think everything in my minor corrections was within an individual chapter. There was nothing that cut across the border chapters. And so how were these corrections communicated to you? So in two ways, I think. Uh, the first was during the viva itself. Yep. I, um, it became clear as the examiners went through my thesis and they did take a fairly uh, linear approach during the viva which bits they returned to and where I could probably expect comments but the main way in which I got corrections was in the examiner's report which I received about three or four weeks after the viva. Which I should say is completely normal. Yes. Um, it yeah. does take some time and your your correction period of whatever it is, three months for minor, six months for major, etc., doesn't start until you get that report. It doesn't start on the day of the viva. It does make for a slightly nervous three weeks after the viva. Yes. Yes, uh, it's worth pointing out. Um, but when I got the report back, the thing that I noticed, it was for me it was a, a, a PDF document, mm -hmm. and the thing that I noticed when I looked at it was it was, I was given effectively page reference, possibly a quote from my thesis, okay. and then... Uh, a question. So, for example, are you making assumptions here? Question mark. And the expectation was for me to answer that question or clarify or resolve something that I'd left hanging. So there was nothing ambiguous about the corrections that they 
wanted you to do? No, they'd made it clear to me that I couldn't go back to them directly, um, but that I could go through my supervisor once. But I think what I mean more is the list that they gave you. It was very clear what they expected you to do to resubmit and pass. Yes, I was. I think I was very fortunate in that respect. Um, and I, I think it's fair to say with, with minor and major corrections, actually, it, there is, you know, there's a level, quite a level of specificity of what it is the examiners want you to do. Yes, um, I've actually got one example here on the spreadsheet, which is perhaps a little detail, but I'm going to give it because it's a really good example of okay. a, a single minor correction, if that's yep. okay. So on page 304, for example, <laughs> um, the examiners asked the question, French is indeed a language of court and cloister, but why does this make it ambivalent as a language? which is a really specific and also a really good question. Um, and then I fixed that by uh, changing the term to from ambivalent to uh, polyvalent. That was an example of a, a super specific correction. And so um, you mentioned a spreadsheet. Yes. So this is something about how you, how you managed and responded to your corrections. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So the uh, simple answer to that is... I went and made a spreadsheet because I noticed that all of my uh, comments uh, and things to fix came in the form of questions. I thought the easiest way of doing it would be to copy and paste the entire document into an Excel spreadsheet uh, and break it up uh, so that uh, for each row in a spreadsheet, I would have uh, a page reference, whether it was a minor correction for the thesis or a future one. And I would focus on the kind of minor corrections for resubmission. Um, I then had a, a, a box next to it which said changed question mark with an X on it for when I'd done that. Uh, and then details as well. The details column uh, said something like, for example, uh, added a note on page 248 to clarify this or fixed awkward phrasing. And so was this just for your own benefit or was this something you had to submit or? I didn't have to submit it actually, but I chose to. Um, it was mainly for my own benefit so that I could make sure that I'd done everything. The other thing to note is that as I added a little bit of material, and I did tend to find that the process of making corrections involved adding a, a little bit of material to the thesis uh, here and there, uh, the page numbers would go out of whack. So it allowed me to say things like uh, fixed awkward phrasing brackets was on page 247 in the original, now page 249. And that meant I could go and check things very quickly. I then made the decision when I was um, resubmitting, well not resubmitting, when I was uh, submitting the revised thesis, I should say, with the minor corrections incorporated, um, to send in the spreadsheet alongside it. There's no requirement to do that, um, but I thought it might improve my chances of <laughs> not being sent back again with corrections. And indeed, there was actually a set hold um, that my internal examiner very much appreciated that spreadsheet because it made her life a lot easier. So that was my next question was, so what happened when you'd done the corrections? So when I'd done the corrections, there was a, a period of waiting. So you uh, submitted them again, to yeah. the just but just directly to the internal examiner. Is that correct? I actually submitted them to the postgraduate administration team yeah. rather than to the, in, the examiner directly. It's their job then to, to pass that on and to, to manage the process. Um, and then you had another period of waiting. I did. I had a slightly longer period of waiting than the period between the, uh, the Viva and the, um, and the report, which is perhaps understandable because 
it's the way these things work. Again, it's a perfectly normal thing because at some point your examiner, internal examiner, needs to sit down and read the corrections. And, you know, depending on how minor they are, you know, it even if you know they are the kind of things that you're talking about, it will take some time for them to read and digest and reflect and so it's not something that can be done kind of ad hoc it's something that they need to kind of focus on so sometimes it will take a few weeks to get back to you although it might be worth thinking about how you can make your life easier for your uh, internal examiner if they're the one reviewing it such as for example with the spreadsheet because that will have helped the internal examiner to track their progress as well and that may have from a purely selfish perspective made them a little better disposed towards me while they were making those comments on the corrections <laughs> i'm yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure it can influence their decision, but it, sh- no. it. But it for certain can't hurt. No, exactly. And so, so how did you find out that the corrections had been approved? Uh, via email, actually. I got an email saying that my uh, corrections had been approved and that I had been recommended for award, effectively, mm-hmm. and that the uh, the the next meeting of the appropriate committee would review things and hopefully approve it. Uh, that went through, I think, on something like the 8th or the 9th of February. Mm-hmm. And then on the 11th, my birthday, I actually got confirmation. I got the, the infamous email that begins, Dear Dr. Surname. So, Dear Dr. Mills. What a birthday present. I know, right? <laughs> Thank you so much to Connor, Daniela and Edward for their time and insight into their process of receiving and doing their minor corrections. But of course, minor corrections is only part of the story. In our next episode, we'll be talking to researchers about the process of doing major corrections. And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe. And join me next time where I'll be talking to somebody else about researchers, development and everything in between.